another episode of the Granite List Live. Navigating a sea of benefits solution is daunting at best, and new vendors emerge every week. Host Lee Dill and Sally Pace bring brokers and employers a solid resource when it comes to uncovering what's new, what's needed, and what is happening now to allow for the best plan design possible. By staying on top of trends, brokers and employers can in turn stay on top of spending while improving employee engagement and outcomes. Saying a company is data-driven as a key feature has almost become ridiculous. Every sustainable company in every industry needs to be data-driven. That's not to say they all need to collect data and spew out reports. In healthcare, this means taking that data and translating it into a fuller solution story, more options, beyond the patient's health issues they are presenting in the appointments. Proactive MD will move your heart in this episode of the Granite List Live as they tell us stories about their patient advocates going beyond a simple office follow-up and check-in. They are adding mountains of humanity to healthcare while increasing the health of their members. Tune into this episode, blending the data with the whole person for the best healthcare solutions. Well, thanks everybody for joining us on today's episode of The Granite List Live. We are so excited to have two folks here from Proactive MD that we think are just extreme trailblazers in the industry. The company is, they are themselves. And I'm Sally Pace here with Lee Dill. Let's dive right in. And let's, first of all, Christy and Jeremy, we want to talk about, let's start high level. What is Proactive MD and what do you, what solutions do you bring to the marketplace? Thanks, Sally. Hello, I'm Christy Coleman. I'm Executive Vice President of Employer Engagement for Proactive MD. We are a um, on-site health center company focused on overall healthcare strategy. We partner with employers and build strategies to impact employees and their families' health. And we do that very methodically and intentionally, led by data to make sure that we understand the exposure within our employers and that we empower our care teams with meaningful intervenable data to impact the health. We really strive to bring the therapeutic patient provider relationship back. We will definitely dig into some of that in a little bit, but can you just share with our audience, what solutions are you all providing that are resonating in the marketplace? So I'll start, and Jeremy, if you want to jump in and and contribute as well, I think it starts with broad scope care. So providing a high level of primary care on site at the employer's locations from acute care through chronic disease management and truly being a resource for all healthcare questions to the employee population. The linchpin of the service that we provide is our patient advocate. They're a licensed clinical social worker They're there to meet the employees where they are. They're proactive in engaging the employees. They get to know the employer's culture. They are there for any healthcare question or need that the patient might have. Hi, I'm Jeremy Vanderknife. I'm the Executive Vice President of Health Data Science, Value and Validation for Proactive MD. You know, well said, Christy. I think the core of what we do is primary care and taking it, as Christy said, broad scope primary care beyond just we're acute care, we're urgent care, we happen to be convenient for employees, but really being able to engage it at a patient level with how do we create meaningful, lasting change, whether it's the disease management, whether it's 
helping navigate, you know, an increasingly complex and confusing healthcare world to get them the care that they need. And starting with that core of advanced primary care, and then even being able to layer solutions on on top of that, we work with employers where we've integrated musculoskeletal care, we've integrated behavioral and mental health programs and others. So when you ask about what solutions do we offer, everything starts with primary care. It starts with that that physician, that provider-patient relationship, and using that to a bridge to these other services like patient advocacy, behavioral health, um, musculoskeletal, and, and other services beyond that. Christy and I actually met at a Validation Institute, Institute event live and in person several years ago. Uh, so I'd love for you guys to talk to our audience about, you, you know, you've been through this this process, you've been validated by the Validation Institute. So can you talk about what that took and what that actually means for those that aren't familiar with that organization? Sure. And Sally and, and Lee, forgive me if I get a little bit of the details around Validation Institute. Not fully accurate, but I'll do my best. So the Validation Institute is an independent third-party organization that was founded more than a decade ago, actually by engineers. I believe it was a collaboration between Intel and GE. And the goal of the Validation Institute was to put the claims of companies like ours to the test. It's very easy to say things and to make claims in healthcare. We will save your company a billion dollars. And routinely, companies like ours do exactly that. We make these claims. You know, we say we have data to back it up. The Validation Institute was created in order to say, all right, let's, if you believe that you're having these results, if you believe that you're making these impacts and, and creating these outcomes, Surely you won't mind to have expert data scientists, statisticians, healthcare professionals take a look at your results, take a look at your methods. How do you measure this? And so the purpose of the Validation Institute then is companies that really believe in what they do and are willing to be transparent, are willing to put their credibility on the line to say, we stand behind the results that we're stating. We stand behind the claims that we're making to the point that we're going to allow this group to put them to the test. We're very proud of Proactive MD. We were the first, and I believe to date, only employer-sponsored primary care company to have been validated for the highest level at Validation Institute, which is for cost savings. Others have tried. We were the first. And the, the challenge, the process to be able to go through it um, is a little bit grueling. It was, for us, it was a two-year process from the point where our CEO, John Collier, said, I would like us to be validated. He told me that my, <laughs> my first week at Proactive MD. Welcome aboard. Um, Welcome aboard. So here's an insurmountable task for you. Have fun. But it's being able to take, make sure in order to reach that point, we actually needed to make sure, are we measuring the right things? Do we have the right metrics? Do we have the right systems in place to collect data? Have we even thought through our model in a place where we know that the, the changes, the levers that, that we're pulling, the switches that we're, we're flipping over here are going to lead ultimately to cost savings? that being the downstream effect of creating healthier populations. So for us, we needed to make sure we had all those pieces in place, that we were looking at the right thing, that we were putting our own data to the test. Then we went to the Validation Institute. We've actually been validated two years in a row for cost savings. It's definitely an honor for us because it means that our strive for transparency and credibility in the marketplace, now we um, were able to continue standing behind that. Well, fantastic, and congratulations on that big achievement of two-year validation, and I know that was a lot of work getting through that, but um, definitely well-deserved. So while you're in the primary care space, it sounds like you're also a data company. 
how would you define a data-driven company? What right. kind of data are you looking at and, and what do you use to drive results? Christy, I'll, I'll start and let you that's tag perfect. on if that's all right. Yes, sir. I think there's probably not a company in America right now that doesn't call itself a data-driven company. I think one of the key differentiators, at least in, in healthcare, is a data-driven company is not about just collecting data and pushing reports. It's about taking information and turning it into sort of actionable insights that are then empowering for us, it's empowering our care teams, our physicians, our nurse practitioners, our patient advocates. It's being able to use that information to partner with our clients, to be able to look at trends, not just how many people walked through the door yesterday and is that more than walked through the door on Monday, but really understanding what are the cost drivers in the population? Where are we seeing risks? Where are we seeing trends? Are we understanding where people are going to get care outside of our health centers? And then how do we leverage that information to make better healthcare decisions? So it can start at a patient level, taking information, um, making sure we're making it serviceable um, and actionable for our care teams to be able to close gaps in care, for example, and work directly with patients to improve their health outcomes all the way through to the client level, looking at the health of the population, looking at those trends, what we're seeing in the claims that we receive, what we're seeing with the diagnoses that we're producing, and then being able to, to then say, hey, maybe we need to bring in more clinically integrated services or, you know what, there's opportunities here for direct contracting. There's opportunities to, to send people to higher quality facilities that are maybe five miles outside of town, but with better outcomes and more cost effective. So for us, being data-driven is not just having data, it's not just having metrics, but it's actually using that information to yield better decision-making throughout kind of the entire healthcare process. I like to think of our data team as healthcare architects. They understand healthcare, they understand how to use that data to not only impact health, but to empower our care teams. So I think it's different than, oh, it's a data team. They truly understand healthcare. So would you say that your data teams are looking holistically at all of your clients or are they each client group that you serve, you know, you talked about learning their demographics and learning, you know, what they do best. Are they looking into that population and looking at where those costs are to, for a plan of action for each individual client that you serve? Or are you looking at architecting healthcare and your business model in general? Both. I think it's it has to start in individual client level. What we're seeing across, you know, multiple individual clients where we're doing these analyses is there are differences, but there's also trends. So as far as the architecture goes, we want to know as a data team, we we want to know that client population, whether it's employees, spouses, dependents, etc. We want to know them better than the employers themselves do in some cases. We want to understand what's making them tick in their healthcare decisions and behaviors and being able to then use that information to prepare our care teams to deliver individualized care to the patient, to the populations that they serve. But then we're also taking that information. We are looking holistically. We want to be transforming healthcare. And I think with Proactive MD, all the people that I've met all kind of share that vision. We want to transform healthcare. And so there's elements of we can't stop at saying we're going to treat this individual population here. We're going to treat this individual population here. I think we have a responsibility to see what are we seeing across that entire book of business? What are we seeing across dozens and hundreds of clients and health centers and, and identifying those patterns and then even helping empower our own company 
to make better decisions about what sorts of services can we bring on that could then be spread across our, our different populations to help bring more value. Yeah, I would say that from a holistic perspective, it gives us an opportunity to put best-in-class processes in place to help us be more efficient and better serve our overall populations. And then from an individual employer perspective, it empowers our client service managers who only manage between six to eight clients each to be strategists. What can we do different? How can we use this data to find better solutions to help not only improve health, but also help um, lower healthcare costs. We've talked a lot about data and it is crucial, but it also can, can sometimes seem just the cold, hard facts of life. You're also in the people business. So can you share any stories of success that have been born out of the data? Absolutely. I know. Christy probably has about a dozen at her fingertips (laughs) as well. I'll tell you a couple that come immediately to mind. One was a case of we were working with a client that, like many clients, was struggling with high-cost claimants. And they, of course, they're the employer. They don't know who. They don't know what. They just know that there are claimants that are, are blowing their plan out of the water. And... I was working with one of our patient advocates to see what can we do, right? Healthcare doesn't just stop at the, the patients who are walking through our door, but are there opportunities that we can, we can go in and impact, identify who these patients are and then engage them? With this one employer, there was a child actually on the plan and we didn't serve at this client. We didn't um, serve children. It was only open to adults, but, but this child ha- had a number of special healthcare needs. Um, and while we didn't see the child as a patient, the parents were. So we found what was going on with this particular plan member, and we saw what was going on and armed our patient advocate with that information. Can you check in? We haven't seen these folks, the parents, in in over a year. Let's see what's going on. And when that patient advocate reached out, it was, you can imagine how a family with four children, one of whom has very complex healthcare needs, And our patient advocate then was sharing the story of making contact and the mother was on the the verge of breaking down, essentially. The stress is from that. And having our patient advocate then say, let me help you, let me take you by the hand and was able to find community resources, was able to secure additional sources of therapy for the child, even though the child wasn't our patient, able to get handle the behavioral health needs. I mean, Christy mentioned licensed clinical social workers. Being able to provide that therapy to a a mother who was overwhelmed and didn't know what to do and who to turn to. And it all started with a data point. So you mentioned it's easy to be thought of as, well, we're just the human calculators and we don't care. And what does it mean to use that data? I think it means looking beyond just the numbers on the paper or the lines on, on a claims file and seeing that these are real people and trying to see how can we get them the help they need? Linking to, to the resources that we have within our health centers and beyond is super important. One more story for you along a similar vein was we were working with one of our patient advocates who was just had set herself a goal of 100, 100% of patients with diabetes at this employer. That was her goal. She was not going to settle for anything less than 100% of them being engaged and using us as a medical home. And there was one patient, got up to 99%, there was one patient that proved elusive. So this patient advocate walked the floor and, and engineered ways of making contact with this patient. I haven't seen you yet, they got a rapport. And as it turns out, this member had 
there was a reason they weren't coming in for care. They were living in their car with their child in the parking lot of the place they worked. You know, and and sorry, it's it's um, I, I swear I'm a human, right? So I get a little bit choked up at yeah. some of these things. And this patient then, um, when they opened up to our patient advocate, was saying, look, I don't know how I'm going to get a roof over my head and I don't know how I'm going to get food on my table. How am I supposed to, to worry about this and my diabetes? And that patient advocate was was able to, again, secure community resources, link them to care, link them to not just bring them in for the appointment and turn that patient into a primary care success story, but secure transitional housing, connect them with resources and food pantries, right? Um, make sure that those social determinants, the socioeconomic factors were taken care of. And how would we have known, right? This person is, they showed up on a claim once and they're invisible to the rest of the healthcare system. And I think being able to take that type of data point and turn it, when I talk about turning it into actionable meaningful intelligence, right? It's that. It's not saying we're at 99%, guys, let's pop the confetti. It's saying, hey, there's one person left. Let's see what's going on. Let's see if we can use the information that we have to be able to, to change somebody's life. And, and I'll, I'll tell you, that's what keeps me going. Christy, okay, me. That, don't let me steal this. <laughs> that right there is exact. I mean, that, that's why we love getting to showcase you all. We actually, you just hit on something that and it's part of the why behind what you all do. Well, it's very much the why behind what you all do. And something that we actually talked about as we were bringing the Granite List to life. We talked in our team meeting this past week about, in our country, medical bankruptcy is the number one cause of bankruptcy. And it's not, it, obviously not the, you know, the middle class and upper class. It's not the extreme marginalized because they, ironically, in our country have many times better access to and payment secured for medical care. It's that working the paycheck to paycheck, working poor. What a, what a, that story is unbelievable. I mean, that truly, that's why we all get up and, and go to work every day is to change somebody's life. That's unbelievable. All right, Christy, what, top that. Yeah, so that was the story I was going to share. And But I think the stories that Jeremy shared the data leads us to the human interaction to understand the patient one patient at a time. We're very intentional and everyone's got a healthcare story, whether it's a family member or themselves and the healthcare system is complex. And so how can we reach them, figure out what they need at a personal level and then guide them mentally, physically, financially, whatever it might be again, caring, about that employee population to a different level. It's just not a build it and they will come. Another question I have, one of the things we hear a lot in traditional health plan models is I don't have access to the data. I can't get reports. I don't, data is a roadblock for many in getting really exceptional care. And it, from all that I hear out of the stories you all share, you're breaking down those barriers. You are, you're, you're using data. But talk about if I'm a client, what does that look like to me? How, how far into that relationship does the data go? Are you sharing it with me? What kind of reports am I getting? What does that look like? So uh, about 18 months ago, Sally, if you had asked me, and, and maybe even two years ago, if you had asked me that percentage of clients, we would be able to get data from carriers, what that would be, 
My best guess would have been 50% on a good day. And what we have found is that the carriers are very open to sharing the data with us. We treat them as partners. Again, we are referring, when the referral needs to happen, we're utilizing their networks to refer. We're identifying the high quality providers at the best price to refer to, but they're within that network. So we're having great success in getting the data. The other aspect that I'd like to point out is Jeremy's not. Jeremy's team isn't just looking at the claim data. They're looking at risk data. They're looking at different types of quantitative data to get a picture of the overall health of the population and not just from a claim experience perspective. And then from a reporting perspective, we're very intentional to help the customer appreciate not only engagement rates, but engagement rates for those high risk understanding the impact we're showing on a monthly and quarterly basis at reducing those risks, and then ultimately on an annual basis, showing them what their return on investment for that given time frame is. Jeremy, what would you add? You know, from a reporting perspective, everybody has reports or should have reports. So from a client, if you're not getting re- reports from of some form from one of your healthcare services, it's probably time to rethink who your partners are in that case. But it's going beyond that. So of course, we, we're very proud of our reporting package. We provide reports, standard reports, monthly, quarterly, comprehensive annual reports. I'll tell you what it means to be a true partner though, is we get requests all the time for fairly complex analyses. And I'll give you an example. One recently was a client was considering changing their formulary and they said, proactive, what's this going to do if we reduce the drugs that are included in our free dispensing, you know, for example, what's the impact going to be for our members? And being able to really then take that information, diving into what we know from the medical records, knowing what we know from the claims, and being able to to give a very honest and comprehensive uh, insight into that client of, you know, here are opportunities where, you know, these drugs will have minimal impact. But in this client, a lot of the drugs that are non-standard that we're looking at are used for depression, they're used for anxiety. So if you make this switch, there's going to be complications. We need to have a plan in place to make sure that those patients don't suddenly fall through the cracks. And so I think having access to that type of information and that type of insight, that's what differentiates a truly data-driven company and a partner at the table versus a, a company that's pressing buttons to spit out a pie chart every week or every month for you. Well, and Jeremy, I would add that the other client situation most recently in that we have a health center that is extremely busy and the staff was requesting additional staff members being added to the team. And so we, our our natural inclination was to lean on our data team to help us substantiate what did we need. We need to have best practices. We need to have validation, no pun intended, to prove to the client that these additional staff members, the additional investment will lean to to a return and to a better patient experience. And Jeremy's team was able to pull the data to show the efficacy of the additional staff members and how they would impact the yield. What would they drive from a return perspective, not only on patient experience, which is really important, but also on the impact of overall health. Jeremy, going back to your point, and Christy, yours too, of 
how you are lucky, a lucky vendor to be able to retrieve all of that data and not have as many roadblocks in receiving it. We've heard some stories otherwise, but you must have some secrets in the marketplace that will, will let you keep to yourself. But, you know, as we're wrapping up 2021 and open enrollment season is here, do you have a list of vendors that you work with exclusively? If a client were to pull your services in, do you work with all of their vendors that they offer? And then to piggyback off of that, how engaged are you in the RFP process and and building these plan designs? Because you, you do have so much access to the data and the demographics. From a go forward perspective, and Lee, if I understand your question, right, how, how are we using the data to move forward and to continue to evolve our processes? Is, is that correct? Well, it's more of how do you work with client relationships when you're brought in and they have their medical, dental, vision, pharmacy no. provider. Do you have some that are that are standard within your book or do you work with yeah. any of them? And how involved are you in selecting those? And um... Yeah, so each of our employer clients has um, an individual set of partners. It, they may have an MSK program. They definitely have carriers that they work with, some one, some multiple. Some have third-party um, EAP programs that they utilize and, and provide benefits to their employer or employee population. Our initial step with the patient advocate is they start 30 days before the clinic actually opens. They personally interview each of the vendors and understand the services that are offered. They identify a referral pathway and then we track that to understand where we are making those referrals along the way. They are the conduit to understand the third-party opportunities that the employer has chosen to help drive that those referrals when appropriate and then increase the utilization for that employer. We become very intimate in the employer's culture as well as those third-party vendors that they're investing in because ultimately, if we drive that in, that appropriate engagement, we are a true partner and we are the center of healthcare for that particular employer. Jeremy, would you add anything? I think you hit it on the head, Christy. You know, the, um, we work to maximize our employer clients' benefits. We're, in some cases, yes, maybe our services are duplicative and we can place something an employer already has. That's not our goal. If something's working well for the benefit of the patient population, working well for the employer, let us come in and help maximize it. And then on a, a super granular data level, what that means is that we're system agnostic, we say. So we're sending data feeds to third-party data analytics firms that some of our clients use. We'll submit $0 claims as required to carriers so that what happens in the clinic doesn't remain in a black box. We'll pull in feeds from wellness vendors so that we can help the client understand holistically what's happening with the health of their population, whether they're they're using a, a third party service like that or they're getting, you know, they're getting preventive care and, and wellness visits happening in the clinic. And so being able to take all that information in and take it from anywhere and be able to push it out to anywhere appropriately is a key part of making that model work. So you're a two for one. You're a, a primary care clinic and a, a data analytics platform. So sounds fantastic. <laughs> I don't think you can, honestly, I, in this day and age, I don't think you can deliver effective primary care if you're not paying attention to the data. If you're only treating the patient 
when they walk in the door for the five minutes they're in front of you and the second they leave, it's, it's out of sight, out of mind. You're not going to transform healthcare. You need to have those data analytics capabilities if you're going to make the types of impacts that we want to make for our patients and, and our clients. It's no secret in the industry that there is this big uh, divergence, and you all are on the right side of it. And I think, Jeremy, you know, the story that you shared about how you ultimately helped change the makeup of the health plan based on the questions about the formulary, you're now a trusted partner with a seat at the table uh, just like the broker, just like the CFO, just like the head of HR. And that, that's a pretty coveted seat. Not all vendors get that. Hats off to you for that. As we wrap up, you, know, you all have shared a tremendous amount of, of information about your company and how it operates. And so I'd love to just kind of end on a, a personal question. And that is we love to ask everybody on the show uh, to share a favorite book that they've read recently that has had, had an impact on you. I'll let, Jeremy, I'll let you go first. One of the books I've read recently that I, I really enjoyed was the book Range by David Epstein. And it's, it's really t- talking about how having diversity of background, diversity of thought, being a generalist in a world that favors specialization is actually a, you know, it's a benefit. It's a benefit to employers. It's a benefit to individuals to broaden their, their range. Um, and it, I, it, I found a lot of lessons in there that I can apply um, from my own life and, and to my teams. Awesome. Christy? So my favorite book right now is The Customer Service Revolution by John R. DeJulius. And he just challenges us. He challenges us to utilize customer service to dominate our industry. And we know healthcare is hard. Delivering healthcare consistently across multiple states is hard. What can we do from a customer service perspective to make sure that that patient is well taken care of and wants to come back and take care of their health. And so um, highly recommend it. Again, one of my favorite books and one that I'm just completing now. So now we've just you know, shared with the world that you guys come in and become such a true partner that you do have a true seat at the table. Um, so for those that are listening, if they want you to pull up a chair alongside them, where can they find you? Well, thank you. So, so they could first find us at www proactive.md, but we would highly recommend that they access our information through the Granite List. You guys are a true partner, and we're so excited to be a part of the revolution you're bringing to the enlightened, trusted advisors and employers around the country. I would say when it comes to to proactive MD and the way that you all operate, you've already got your eyes on the, the customer service revolution prize. So, On that note, we will wrap up today's episode. Thanks for being here, um, Jeremy and Christy, and thank you to the audience for listening. Thank Thank you. you for having us. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Granite List Live. Access our entire library by visiting your favorite podcast venue or subscribe on our site, thegranitelist.live.com.